Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, August 31st, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, we are wrapping up the month of August. It is a month that I know has been unusually busy for you with all of the bizarre August Broadway openings and previews and all of that stuff. But as we get into September, like we talked about yesterday, there are going to be even more shows coming. This is really the beginning of the season the way we normally think about it. Uh, But I know it's just a continuation for you. But as we move into post-Labor Day, not officially fall until you know, later, but like the unofficial fall, what is the thing you are most looking forward to either on Broadway or not on Broadway, I suppose? Oh gosh. I actually just immediately, when you said that, I, all I can think about is Kara Young and Pearly Victorious. That, that is Mm. all I, I mean, listen, I'm excited about Leslie, um, Odom Jr. being back on Broadway and especially being in a play, but my heart is full anytime Kara Young steps onto a stage. So that's what I'm most looking forward to. And it's soon. It is very soon, coming up in just a couple weeks. And Carrie Young, like, already has a Tony nomination. I think probably could have had a win in a different season. And who knows, maybe this will be the opportunity to take that trophy home. Of course, if that does happen, we will be talking about it here on Broadway Radio. And you can hear everything that we do, including some very exciting things that will be announced next week over on Patreon at patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. Now, Grace, we're going to start this episode with a story that I feel like was done an incredible disservice by the New York Post because they had to sensationalize and make it into something that it absolutely wasn't. But earlier this week, they ran a story about a group of bartenders who are suing the Schubert organization over a number of different things. It's actually more than two dozen bartenders who work at the 18 different theaters and venues that the Schubert's own and operate across New York city. While the article kind of focuses on like really stupid stuff at the beginning, like complaining about not being able to call customers, customers, they have to be called patrons. Like I've looked, worked in food service. Like that's something like there are rules like that. That's part of it. So as I'm reading this article, Grace, I was like, this is dumb. Why are they suing over this? And then as you scroll down at the bottom of the article, they actually started into getting about getting into the things that actually are worthy of a lawsuit. Talking about the fact that they make anywhere from nineteen to twenty-two dollars an hour, and because of that, when you start to factor in in tips, which can be anywhere from twenty to fifty dollars a day, that's not that much. And because of how their day is scheduled, because they they spend more than twenty percent of their shift in a non-serving role, it actually violates New York State's minimum wage requirement, and that is really what they're suing for. So I, I feel like these people were kind of painted to be kind of petty in the beginning of this article, but this is a real thing. Like. With each with eight performances each week, only taking home like a hundred bucks a day is pretty rough for living in New York City. And obviously, many of these people probably have other jobs. But as far you know, I've worked in food service. I can't remember great. I know you've worked in retail. I don't know if you've worked in food service, but like I could never do it. I'm not good enough. I'm. I mean that seriously. <laughs> me too. Like I I was horrible at it. But like that's concerning, um, especially when you're char- charging like eighteen dollars for a drink. And these people are barely scraping by and not even really scraping by on the money that they're being paid. So, um, again, New York Post, garbage. These people deserve to be paid a living wage. Nope, it's just bad. That's it. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's move on. We have a couple stories about some upcoming readings and developmental things that are happening that were pretty exciting. The first two stories were exclusive to Broadway News. 
And they're just kind of little blurbs, so I'm going to read these to you, and, and we can kind of go into them from there. But the first is a new industry reading will be taking place in New York City on September 8th for a musical called Love, Lies, and What Could Be. What is super exciting about this is that it will be produced by the Deaf West Theater Company, and Tony Award-nominated director Jeff Calhoun will be the director. The musical features a book by Ivan Menchel and music and lyrics by Caroline Kay and music direction and vocal arrangements by Rick Hip Flores. We've seen a number of Deaf West shows come to Broadway, of course, Big River and Spring Awakening. The cast of this show will include both hearing and deaf performers. The cast will be led by Daniel N. Durant, who was in the Spring Awakening cast of Deaf West and was also in the Oscar-winning movie Coda. He will play David, the inventor of a new technology that could change the way that humans communicate. I love Deaf West. I think what they do is is really incredible. And I, I think especially working with a new musical, especially doing this in New York, since they are based out in California, uh, maybe this will be an opportunity to bring a show, a new musical to Broadway or off-Broadway using kind of their innovative performance style grace. Yeah, I think it's great. I love Daniel's work. I think he's incredible. I loved him in Coda. I loved him in Spring Awakening. And I've been waiting to see him on a stage again. So I'm excited for all of these opportunities again for these people. The other one that came from Broadway News was an exclusive about a private invitation-only reading that happened last Friday of Alfred Urey's The Last Night of Ballyhoo. It was helmed by director Rob Ashford. And here's who was in this cast. Danny Burstein, Maya Hawk. Jonah Howard King, Jessica Hecht, Lisa Kudrow, Julie Lester, and Ethan Slater. No details about further plans for a potential revival of The Last Night of Ballyhoo or anything like that have been announced. But you don't get like Rob Ashford and that cast just to sit around and do a reading of a play if you're not planning on doing something with it, whether it's with that cast or not. That's not just something like, hey, Let's read a, read an Alfred Urey play just for kicks and giggles. Like they're doing something with it, whether or not it moves forward, who knows? But it, this was done with an intention, I have to imagine, of a potential production down the road of this show. Yeah, I'm hopeful. It's funny. Like I feel like sometimes you get like incredible minds and creators and performers in a room just to see if it's bad. Like if the writing's just bad. And and sometimes you figure that out. Like you'll have the most incredible performers in the room, and you've got like the greatest minds, and then you're like you know what? It's not that great. And I don't think that's what the case is here at all. So no, no, because this is like a, this is yeah. an established show. Like exactly. everyone knows this show. Um, but you 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 might do something like that just to be like, does this still work? Like, has it aged well? Is this something that if we have a specific view of how we want to do this, does it make sense to do it this way? Or do we have to kind of reimagine completely our, our approach to the work? Uh, but again, like you said, with that kind of talent, I have to imagine it was Fairly successful, but we will have to wait and see. The other show that we'll be having an industry reading coming up is a new play called Love Goomba Style. It will feature Oscar nominee Eric Roberts, and it will take place in New York on September 27th. Joining Roberts in the cast will be Amanda Bruton, Dominic Scaglione Jr., Rico Simonini, Johnny Tamaro, and Jolie Trebuzio. Lots of Italian names in that one. Charles Messina will direct the comedy, which kind of follows an Italian family through love and passion and all kinds of different places, including a New Year's Eve party at a mobster's lavish New York City townhouse. The play is written by Vincent Gugliormella. His previous plays have included Six Goombas and a Wannabe and What Are You Nuts? 
Interested to hear what happens with this one. All right, let's move over to shows that we do actually know will be happening. As we talked about yesterday, Funny Girl will be closing up on Broadway this weekend, but Leah Michelle is still out for both performances on Wednesday. The plan for her is to return for the weekend. She will be back theoretically on Friday, September 1st. Julie Benko already does the Thursday evening performances, so Thursday was already a day that Leah was going to be out. So the plan is for her to come back on Friday and then do the rest of the the performances of the run as scheduled. So certainly not the way that she or the production would have wanted the last week of the show to go. But uh, if she is able to get back in for the weekend, that should be a good way to wrap up the Broadway bow. All right, Grace, I feel like we might have spoken this one into existence because it was just a day or two ago. I can't remember exactly when, uh, when we were talking about Nick Blameyer, right? Was that we were talking something about uh, uh, Seymour. So that must have been around the Corbin Blue casting, right? Is that what we were talking about him for? Uh, yeah, well, no, we were talking about Joe Mantello and then the, the should have been box of the oh, world and then right, Nick right, Blameyer, right. but you're so right. I'm sure he's done it. Um, but he totally is a Seymour. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yesterday we had the announcement from the King company of their 2023, 2024 season, and it will feature a one night only benefit concert of glory days. Even though this is happening. What? Fed, no, no, no. What? Yeah, yes. Uh, you haven't seen this clearly. <laughs> Yes. So it is set for February 12th. I don't know exactly who's going to be in it, but it is being billed as a star-studded cast. But this was the Broadway musical that was written by Nick Blameyer and James Gardner that ran 17 previews and one official performance on Broadway. Um, it's going to be directed by Keen Artistic Director Jonathan Silverstein. They're going to announce the cast later, but February 12th, like, I feel like I have to be there for that just because, like, when the hell else are you going to see Glory oh Days, Grace? Oh, my God. I ne- obviously never saw it. It opened and closed on the same night, and I didn't live in New York City. But holy shit, that's amazing. Wow. Bless Nick. Bless the show. Um, I adore him and his work. And uh, yeah, that's going to have to be a must-see. Good job, King Company. Continuing to kill it, as always. Yeah, very, very good. Um, the company will ha- will open its its 24th season with a benefit gala honoring Kathleen Chalfont. She starred in the site-specific production for King Company of Joan Didion's The Year of Magical Thinking, which is actually going to be coming back in partnership with Long Wharf Theater. It's going to be done in living rooms and community spaces across New Haven from November 8th through December 3rd. But the benefit gala will take place at Manhattan Penthouse on October 16th. Um, Later in the season, Keen will give the world premiere of Fish, a new play by Kia Corthran. It'll run March 19th through April 20th and will be directed by Adrian D. Williams. On Tuesday, the Keen Company announced that it was going to be partnering up with the Drama League to become a producing partner for the organization's Director Fest. So Keen will present productions of Cassandra Medley's Cell and Lynn Nottage's Poof. Those productions will play uh, at Theater Row from May 2nd through the 11th. And then throughout the season, the company will continue to develop a new musical by Adam Guan. So there'll be readings and workshops planned throughout the year in hopes that the company will be able to stage the world premiere of the show in 2024-2025. I I don't know that we ever talked about Adam Guan, but I love Ordinary Days. Like I feel like that's one of those shows that I turned back to. And then I saw um, Scotland PA. I can't remember how many years ago that was now pre pandemic, I think. And I love that one as well. So I'm always excited about new shows from Adam Guan. 
All right, let's stick off Broadway real quick. And earlier this week, it was announced that Saw the Musical, colon, the unauthorized parody, will make its Broadway debut this spooky season, happening at the AMT Theater from September 16th, and it is currently scheduled to run through New Year's Day, January 1st. It is written by Cooper Jordan, and Stephanie Rosenberg will direct. The cast and creative team was announced earlier this week. But Grace, I am not a horror body torture uh, movie person. I feel like you're not a big horror fan either, are you? Uh, no. No, absolutely not. That's not for me. The closest I get is when I finally saw Jaws in preparation for The Shark is Broken. That's going to do it for me. Yeah, there's a big gap, I feel like, between Jaws and Saw, despite the fact that their names are fairly similar, but very, very different. And uh, this, this one won't be for me either. But for those of you that love horror, and I know there's a lot of people that do, this should be fun. I think that'll be that'll be interesting. All right, and our last little bit of news here. Yesterday, the New York Theater Workshop announced the full casting creative team for the upcoming production of Hansel Young's queer restoration comedy called Marry Me. The show will begin performances off-Broadway on October 11th and is currently scheduled to run through November 19th with an opening night scheduled for October 31st. The great Lee Silverman will direct. The cast will include Miranda Anderson, Sidney Chung, Esco Jule, David Ryan Smith, Ryan Spahn, Nicole Villamil, and Seanette Renee Wilson. The play centers on a restless Navy during a mysterious blackout. Lieutenant Shane Horn has occupied her time satisfying the needs of all the women on the base, including the jealous general's wife. Meanwhile, the Navy's psychiatrist embarks on an epic quest to save humanity. That is a bonkers plot description for a show, but it's New York Theater Workshop, Grace, so I feel like I have to just assume that it is going to be fantastic. And Hansel Young is is a phenomenal playwright, so I wouldn't be surprised that this one gets a lot of people excited when it begins performances in about a month and a half. All right, so that's all the news, but Grace, this kind of splits the difference between news and recommendation. I don't know about you what it's like up there in New York and New Jersey. When I go see a movie down here in Orlando, there is always at least one person, in addition to myself, who, when they see Nicole Kidman pop up on screen at an AMC movie theater, they applaud. I know some people who have stood up and given her a standing ovation because sometimes heartbreak feels, feels good, good in a place like this. But she is going to be joined uh, by another big movie star who has Broadway connections, which, of course, Nicole Kidman does. And an Oscar. And an Oscar. And yeah, both Oscar winners. Ariana DeBose is set to appear in nationwide AMC theaters, public service announcements. But unlike Nicole Kidman, who is just kind of like championing what it feels like to go to the movies, Ari is doing this in partnership with the AMC theaters and the Kennedy Center in an effort to honor arts educators. This will be taking place now. It's already started through October 5th. And it is part of the Kennedy Center's Thank an Arts Teacher campaign, and it is kind of centered around National Arts and Education Week, which takes place September 10th through the 16th. DeBose, in the PSA, shares a story about her mentor and drama teacher, the late Elizabeth Drossler, who encouraged her to pursue a career in the arts. And I know Ari just did a, I think, a concert in North Carolina, where she's from, that commemorated her teacher and like named a uh, theater or a performance space or a dressing room or something out after her. I saw it on social media the other day. So this will be very cool. Love seeing Ari anywhere, whether it's on stage or screen and then putting her together with Nicole Kidman feels like a, feels like a good one, two punch for me, Grace. 
Yeah, that's so exciting. I I, I like that we're we're trying <laughs> desperately in like the best way. I don't mean it like we're trying, um, but like I, I genuinely mean that we are trying to continue to reach all audiences um, when we have, especially like a like a fun. It's a very niche thing um, that this the Nicole Kidman AMC ad has taken off. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited that Ari continues to be a champion of the arts and is not yeah. just like thanks guys that was fun. Um, I do TV and film now because yeah, as I'm going to go all make know, millions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guess what? You're on a strike. So I think that like whenever we can uplift the rest of our community, the more it informs the rest of our careers. And so um, I'm really, really excited for all of that. All right. That's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio and follow me pretty much everywhere at BWW Matt. Grace, where can people find you? You can find me at It's Grace Aki on all social media platforms. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Thursday, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.